Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How are you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes. Welcome to this week's Tech Radio with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and around the world. Thank you for downloading from our website at techcentral.ie using your favourite podcast app on your smartphone or listening on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. This is our show for the week ending Friday, August the 21st and on the show today talking about disappearing because technology is great. But while it does help society in so many different ways, it does suck the marrow of privacy right out of us. And information is rapidly becoming a weapon for social control. So says Frank Ahern, who is a self-confessed digital hitman. Now, he doesn't kill you, but he will kill your online identity, if that's what you want. He's also the author of several books on Amazon and a New York Times bestselling author on how to disappear from Big Brother. And he joins me on the line now. Um, Frank, can I ask about, give me an example of someone who would need to disappear. Well, you know, when people need to disappear, it always comes down to one of three reasons. It has to do with money, violence or information. And the money aspect is either I lost everything and I got a little seed money and I just want to walk away and never see anybody again, or I came into money and I hate my ex-husband, I hate my ex-wife, and I just want to make sure they never find me again. Uh, the other factor is violence. I, you know, I'm a victim of a stalker. I went into business with the wrong people. I did something really stupid, and now people are hunting me down. And then the information aspect is pretty much something to the degree of, uh, you know, it could be very wealthy people who have information about them online that could make them vulnerable to abduction. Uh, It could be something where there's a little piece of information known about you online, and it shows you're wealthy. Or you did something really stupid, and there's an angry mob looking to hunt you down because of that. So it always it always comes down to one of those uh, three things. But there's always the fourth one. I was going to tell you. It, the, the, I can't tell you how many times people contact me and say, I just want to disappear. And I'm like, what do you mean just disappear? I just want to go. So there's always the, the fourth one that has like nefarious reasons for contacting me. <laughs> you had a, a terrific story of somebody uh, who had to disappear, and it was a, a sex worker who essentially there was, there, was, there was a raid, and she ended up with a suitcase full of cash and passports for other girls, and she went, ah, what, I'm either going to hand this back, <laughs> which yeah. is not going to happen, or I'm going to run, what do I do? And she got in touch with you. What, what kind of advice did you give her? Well, that woman kind of had a really weird situation, okay? She was pretty much in a situation where she was a sex slave, okay? And so what happened was she contacted me and she had this this bag of money and this bag of passports and she needed to just get out of town quickly. And it's one of the very few cases I I took on that was like immediate. And what happened was, you know, I said, the first thing you need to do is convert your that cash you can't just go on a train with all that money you're not you're not illegal you're not legal okay uh and you need to get some sort of communications so i basically said listen take that money go buy some jewelry go load up money on prepaid phones i mean nothing wrong with having a bunch of gold chains on you that you need to sell in the next city because gold is easy to sell and so it's like it's just portable you know pick up some prepaid debit cards just load as much money you can on them and 
that was like the idea, but the, the idea was to get her where she was out of there quickly to a new city. And then when getting to the new city, what we did was then we, we just created a larger plan of where she was going to go from there. Also, uh, you, you have a, your background is, and I suppose why you're so good at this, is that you used to be employed to find people, people who had gone and disappeared and, and the need. And there was one particular story that I loved, just to kind of frame all this for us more than anything else, was a guy who was quite clever and he went, all right, I want to disappear. I'm not going to have an internet connection. Uh, I'm going to be very careful about what I do online and where I do it. Yet you still found him. Can you tell us that story briefly? Well, you know, I was hired to locate this guy who stole a lot of money from some clients and but he was really difficult to find because you know he was like doing the Osama bin Laden and not using technology or not connecting himself to technology and if I'm correct this is the one where he was he was using the the uh, internet cafe because when I located the apartment where he was or where he just recently left there was like no internet service so he was thinking that oh this is great nobody will figure out where I was surfing the net right but I'm thinking Let's take a walk around the block. And, you know, I walk around the block and I realize there's an internet cafe right there. And I'm thinking, he had to be using this place. And I basically offered the woman in the store a bunch of money to print out a list of IP addresses. And, you know, it was just only a matter of time before I located one. I think it was in Monaco. And I knew that nobody else in that internet cafe was, you know, checking car rentals and hotels in Monaco. (laughs) And it just had to be him. So then you, you did, did you uh, follow him to Monaco then, did you? Uh, no, basically, you know, what happens, I'm not like the kind of guy who follows people. You know, it's just, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not an investigator. Mm. And, you know, basically once I find the information, I find the people, I then turn it over to my clients and they do it, what they must do. That's a, I, I love that. You know, a high finance guy sitting into a, 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 an internet cafe and trying to book a swanky hotel in Monaco. No wonder he's getting caught. Right. Um, can I just tell you one other thing? Yeah. This, this, is one of the, this is one of the problems with uh, what's happening today. A lot of times people think that if you just hide your online actions, you know, you're not going to be located or your information is not going to be pierced. You know, I, what happened in that case, I looked at that like an offline situation where he, he was offline and he would go there and then go online. Because if somebody doesn't find information about you right there, they're going to look somewhere else. That's why you need to create disinformation to keep them busy and keep them in another place and not where you're, you're truly at or where you used inf- used uh, technology at. It must be pretty much impossible to, to disappear because if, if you wanted to disappear like that, you would have to get rid of all of your electronics. You'd have to, you'd have to live in a city that had no CCTV. You couldn't use credit cards. You wouldn't be able to sign up for any utilities because you just – you have to interact with the world, like, you know. Um I, I, I have to ask you, right, because we're talking about being secret and not connecting with people. Yes, we live in a world where over a billion people put all the sordid details of their everyday life on Facebook for everyone to see. Now, my personal thing on Facebook is I don't get it. Why the hell would you want to put that kind of information up for, for you know, strangers and friends of friends to watch? What's your take on Facebook as a matter of interest? It, it, exactly the way you feel. You know, I, I find it really stupid, okay? Hmm. And my point is, listen, you wouldn't put a billboard, uh, you know, picture, your picture of you, your family, your kids on a billboard on a highway. Why do you do it in a digital place? And, <laughs> you know, like you said, you know, Earlier when we were talking, talking about that you left high school and you never heard from anybody again, okay? But you look at people who kind of reconnect. But the thing with Facebook is 
Oh, you look beautiful in that picture. Oh, you look wonderful. You're 30 pounds overweight and you're balding. You know, you don't look wonderful, but people tag. It's just a phony world as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) So listen, if you want to get away, you know, it is so hard because generally if you're getting away, you're getting away from people with deep pockets. And when I'm talking deep pockets, I'm talking, you know, if if you want to get away from government or the tax man, man, they'll chase you. Uh, if you want to get away from, you know, kind of a, a criminal or underworld or stuff like that, they've got deep pockets and they'll chase you as well. Uh, if you want to get away from uh, a corporation or one of my favorites is, and I'm sure a lot of people try and, you know, fake their own deaths and cash in the insurance thing, which uh, I believe is a bad idea. Uh, but insurance companies, of course, will, will chase you as well. So when you talk about Big Brother in your books, Frank, how do you define Big Brother? Well, I, I see big brother and big business as one thing, not, mm. you know, and, and uh, big brother scares me. OK, in the sense that, you know, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but the truth of the matter is we, we have entered a new part of society where government has more access to our information than ever before. The same thing with business. OK, the problem is, like, AT&T is selling information to, I think, the NSA, like, no big thing. And, you know, to me, so they become one. But I believe we as people have pers- – we need to be more responsible with our information and our privacy. There's no such thing as privacy anymore. It, it, it's what you create for yourself. Hmm. Uh, you know, take this whole Ashley Madison thing where, you know, everybody's information is now released from that sex, that website. If you put it up there and you give your information to somebody else, a third party, you have to accept that it's very possible that it's going to be public one day or somebody is going to read it that you don't want to read it. And so I think you have to say to yourself, do I really need that? Do I need to put my information out there? I mean, to me, Everything is being collected and everything's being profiled. So it's all in one. But it's the businesses who have the real access to, you know, collecting the information. Well, you're bang on the money because one of the things that came up in conversation is there's the, the, the big story here in Ireland is the government has set up a private company called Irish Water. Uh, in order to to charge for the supply of water, and w- whether that's right or wrong, I won't go go into. But part of the information they were looking for was your social security number, and people are going, "What do you need that for? It's a private company." Da 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 da. So now uh, they are coming up with a thing where they're going to give you a grant, but in order to get the grant for water conf- conservation, you need to give your social security number. <laughs> so, and I'm saying, okay, so there's the government, and uh, this is a company wholly owned by the government, and they've got all your details. Details anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, I, that, you know, that's my, my, you know, one of my, why, why do you always have to provide this information? Mm. You know, like, you know, listen, once you provide your information to a company, they should then delete your, your, your SIN number, your social insurance number, your social security number. You know, there's no need for it. And the problem is they, they don't ever delete anything anymore. It's there for good. So now we know the amount of information that we are giving out there and, and what people do with it and, and the kind of people that we're dealing with. So, like, there's an awful lot into trying to disappear, both online and offline. And how, how do you even start beginning to get yourself together for preparing to disappear? Uh, the first step is to realize that you probably surf the net a month prior, two months prior, places you want to go and banks and apartments. So you have to just throw that plan out the window. 
Okay. The, the real key is how can, the real key is, can you afford to disappear and can you make money being disappeared without being traced by your predator? And, you know, I'm not saying that in the sense uh, that you should disappear and break the law. You know, what I'm saying is that you need to figure out how to make money. And most people forget about that. Hmm. You know, I'm, I mean, you, I mean, you can't be Joe the bus driver in Dublin and then be Joe the bus driver in Limerick because you'll be traced by your driver's license, your paycheck, and things of that nature. It'd, so, be, it'd be like me as, as, as a disc jockey trying to work on a radio station in, in, in Barcelona or something like that. Like, you know? Yeah, but, but, but the thing is, you, you could work from a secret location and nobody knows because, you, you know, you're all digital. And hmm. that is one of the beauties of technology. You know, you can bank online, you can pay bills online, get credit online, you can rent an apartment online, you know, you can open up a corporation, you can do business online. So technology does have its advantages for people who do want to disappear and need to disappear. One of the, one of the first tips you give, uh, and I believe it's something that you did yourself, was to look into your ancestry to see if you're able to claim citizenship in another country. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually, I, I, uh, I have my Irish citizenship, and I um, because my grandparents were born in Mayo, uh-huh. and they'd be, they'd be very happy to know I'm on this show, but they're passed away. Yeah, I mean, having dual citizenship and having two passports is a wonderful thing. I mean, nobody ever, you know, Romans never thought Rome would fall. Sometimes societies fall, and it's good to have a second place to go. What about uh, the other thing I was going to ask you about uh, if I was planning on disappearing was I'd start using one of those uh, VPN services so that it would look as if I was surfing the web from the Netherlands or wherever it happens to be. Do you, do you put any faith in those things at all? No, because my philosophy <laughs> is, listen, if, if I showed you a baseball mm. that, had, that had Babe Ruth's signature on it, you could not tell me if that's real or not. So the average user cannot tell if a VPN works or, you know, an anonymizer works or any, you know, or anything like that. Listen, Snapchat basically said, hey, listen, we delete your picture in seven seconds. They lie. Companies online lie. But my, 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 my real point is that we need to look at it from a perspective. If you can't prove it and you're not a, if you're not a geek, man, and you don't know. I mean, I, I don't know, and I never put faith in something like that. Not because they don't exist. I just don't know if they do. So the the real workaround for that for for a normal person will be to get some kind of a cheap uh, laptop or a tablet, and they only use that for planning their getaway, so to speak. But it's not quite as simple as that. What other things have you got to watch out for if you're using a cheap laptop? Well, it's really about the connection. Okay, hmm. you know, I, I I view privacy as um, not being connected. And, and to be private and to have privacy, you need to be a virtual entity where you have no connection to anything physical. Meaning, yeah, you could, you could use a cheap laptop, okay, but don't use it in the Starbucks around the corner from your home. Hop on a bus, go across town, okay? Go to a public place where you have no connection to. But be aware, you know, there might be a camera that shows your face. And, you know, I'll give you an interesting example about privacy. You know, people use prepaid and pay-as-you-go mobile phones thinking, oh, these, these are private, you know. They're only private in the sense that it doesn't have a name attached to it always. But you may have bought that phone in a supermarket or a drugstore. When you made the transaction, your face and picture is now on the camera. So you need to think about offline privacy as well. You know, yeah, I'm using something that's ideally, in, in ideal is private, like a prepaid phone. But man, when you bought it, 
you, you screwed up because your picture was taken. So you have to think in that sense as well. So how do you get your hands on a, a, a mobile phone without actually walking into the store and buying it yourself? You find some 18, 19-year-old kid who wants to make 20 euros and say, do me a favor, go in the store and buy me this prepaid phone. So you use them kind of like a, a third party, yeah? Yeah, absolutely, because there are pictures on there. Or you use a homeless person. You know, if you're in a big city, there's always somebody wandering around the streets asking for money. So, you, you know, you, you do a good deed, man. You let them buy your phone, and they got some money. And what about then uh, if you were doing kind of the same thing online and you want to set up in, in, a, in another city? Would you use, like, a third party in that city where you're thinking of moving to? I'm sorry, say that one more time? Um, if you were thinking of moving, say, Limerick's a bad example, but say you were going to South America or something like that, Sao Paulo or, or whatever, Rio, um, in order to get yourself set up there, instead of having to make all these transatlantic phone calls and, uh, and emails and everything yourself, would you employ a third party in one of those cities to do stuff for you? Definitely not. Okay, because... Uh you just don't know. I mean, unless it's your best friend from when you were six years old who can help you, yeah. you know, but no, I mean, because if it's just, you know, like a lawyer or something like that, you're creating a trace. You're better off going from one city, you know, landing in like uh, Argentina somewhere than mm. busing it to Brazil and then doing what you got to do. You know, relationships change and people do stupid things. And, you know, for all you know, they have it on their laptop and their laptop gets hacked and all your information is online. So when you're planning, uh, one of the things that you need then is the cheap laptop to, to do all your communications, prepaid phones and be careful where you get them from. Uh, you get one of those prepaid debit cards as well, I'm sure. Um, then when you actually get to the whole disappearing thing and, and you said it, like when you move somewhere else and you're a complete stranger in, in a new place and you want to be quiet and low-key and disappeared and stuff, you still need somewhere to live. You still need a job. You still need to make money. You still need to interact with money. And, of course, everything with money these days is all electronic and going through banks and stuff like that. Cash seems to be, you know, kind of very, very old-fashioned. Um, can I ask you just about somewhere to live? What, what would your recommendation be for, for somewhere to live? Would you rent? Would you buy? What would you do? Well, I would rent, number one. And number, you know, number two, there is no perfect place to go. It's really a question of where you can acclimate to. You know, what works for me, you know, won't work for you. But, I mean, you can't be Johnny Miami looking like a gangster and move to Idaho, okay? Yeah. You have to be able to fit in. But the other thing about what, what people don't think about is when they disappear is what are they going to tell people they meet? Okay, you have to create a fake backstory. You know, you have to build like a website that has little information about you, but not using your name. You know, like if you if you are an avid bowler, you, you pick like you sell uh, bowling shoes, shoelaces for a living, and you build the website. When people ask you about it, hey, here's my card, here's my website. You know, so you have to have a story to tell when you're sitting in a bar chatting with people. So that's equally important. And then, what if you want to get? Um uh, if you want to open up a bank account, because that, that is one of the hardest things to do when you're abroad. Have you any uh, tips on that? Uh, actually, it's not that hard. It depends on what country you go to. I mean, I mean, a country like Spain, you can open up a non-resident account and you just got to pay, ha have X amount of deposit every month. Uh, Costa Rica, Belize, Portugal. So there are plenty of places, you know, it's just something you want to research beforehand because some places you can't. And that could be a problem. Now, this gets into another thing I was going to ask you about was when you do disappear, 
I would immediately think that you would move somewhere very far away and start using a different name and a different identity and all that kind of stuff. But you don't seem to advocate that at all. Well, I mean, using using a fake name is just problematic. Okay, I mean, number one, once you get fake doc, if you get fake documents, you're breaking the law, so you're creating a new predator. You know what I'm saying? Being the government. Yeah. And so the other problem is when you're buying, I mean, where do you get a fake identity from? You're buying it from someone. How do you know that the light, the, the numbers in that passport are correct? How do you know that that passport, that name hasn't been sold 10 times? And how do you test it out? Do you just wait till you walk through customs? You know, then <laughs> so, I mean, the idea of getting a, a fake identity or or a new identity is not a smart thing to do. But listen, if you're a victim of somebody, of a predator or something like that, uh, if you haven't broken the law, there's no reason to start breaking the law now. Because the minute you file taxes, whatever country you're in or from, you're, you're breaking a huge law right there. So you're just creating more problems. There's a, a couple of things that you say, because that would be the obvious one to me would be, you know, change your name, change your identity and all that kind of stuff. That's one of the things you, you recommend not to do. A couple of other things that I thought were interesting that I wouldn't have expected that you don't recommend is don't fake your death. Well, that's just stupid. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, here, people, listen, people fake their death. Uh-huh. You know what they do? They, they plan it by C. Okay. And. You know, it's, it's always like a sea death or something like that, you know. But cops, law enforcement's not stupid. Oh, yeah, he must have drowned. Let's just go home, get some beers, you know. And if the, there's usually an insurance policy some, somewhere along, you know, happening somewhere. Usually it's your spouse who's going to collect it. So, you know, investigate, investigators from, law, of, from insurance companies are very smart. It's not your, they're not your average investigators. They're very diligent in what they do. You know, even if you hack off a leg and leave a leg behind, it doesn't mean you're dead. You know, so it, it's not that, you know, it's just a dumb thing to do. <laughs> so to, to stay away from illegal activities, like changing name or taking a false identity or using false uh, ID documents, stay away from it. Uh, don't try and f- uh, fake your death. Uh, one thing that a lot of people would probably just think is is strange, don't Google yourself. Right, that's true. Well, I'm trying to think of his name, Patrick something. Olivia Newton-John's friend, huh. he, he fell off a boat in California and... You know, he was presumed dead, insurance paid to his family, whatever. Hmm. But uh, an insurance, the insurance investigator and a news show decided to build a website, you know, where's Pat, you know, Patrick somebody, whatever his name is. And what they did was they just kept monitoring the IP addresses that hit the website. And they realized one IP address from Mexico, I think it was, kept hitting the website. And it was just strange. They went down there. Guess who was working on a boat? The guy who faked his death. <laughs> and they found him that way. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a dumb thing to do. The, uh, uh, the last thing that just of, of things on not to do is, and I think a lot of people listening to this podcast will love this, you say never go toe-to-toe with a geek because a geek will win every time. Um, how do you take on somebody who is, you know, who's chasing you, who is very technologically savvy carefully uh, you know I, I'm not a technical guy and I always you know and especially when it comes to technology you always have to assume there's somebody better uh-huh. okay and like if you're using that anonymizer right now there's a 15 year old kid in his bedroom listening to music really loud figuring out how to hack that or you know y- you don't go head to head with a techie you just can't do it 
It's not a smart thing to do. If you think there's going to be a connection or if you're, if you're using a system, like, you know, somebody yelled, emailed me this horrible email because I was doing a radio show like this and I wasn't talking about tour, you know, and then how you can be anonymous on tour and all this stuff. And my, my thing is, if you're the average person, you don't know how to do those things. You know, if you are the geek, you can do those things. But... I just say run if you go up ahead with a geek. So it makes it all the more important that if you want to disappear, you've got to consider your online identity, but you've got to consider your offline identity as well. And it's all down to connections, whether they be virtual or real-world connections. It it always comes to connections, Hmm. you know, and you always have to ask yourself, am I creating a connection here? And if the answer is possibly refigure it out you know go to a location where there is no connection but you have to remember that offline connection could be cameras there you know it could be a mall and guess what the guy you went to high school where you just saw him there and he tweets to everybody on the world hey i just ran into frank i haven't seen him in 25 years he looks great he's in wherever so with everything that we have now with all the websites and the technology and online banking and everything's online on it do you think it's easier or harder to disappear in this digital age you know i you know i'm asked that a lot and you know it's like a double-edged sword you know if you're good with technology it's probably easier for you okay however if somebody hires someone like me to find the guy who's good with technology it, it, it's a toe-to-toe match and you know I'll probably win because that person will make mistakes when you're looking for somebody and you're hunting somebody down you're not looking for them okay you're looking for the information they left behind and for I'll, I'll give you a very simple example uh, if I was looking for someone like you and you were a lot younger I would look for your mother Okay, and I would basically call her up on the phone and say, "Hi, Mrs. So and So. You know, this is So and So. I'm calling from New York New York Times Radio in New York. Uh, your son sent us a CV, but we have been unable to find him. You know, his number is disconnected." And she'll say, "Give me your information. I'll I'll give it to him." She hangs up. I hang up. First thing I'm going to do, not, not that I would do it now because it's legal, is pull her phone records. And the call she made after me is right to you. And bingo, I got gotcha. you. You know, it's absolutely fascinating because an awful lot of uh, what you write about is stuff that you would see in the movies. But to think that it actually does happen in real life, you know, in, in extreme circumstances like that. And for me, with an interest in technology and uh, all this kind of, I just thought that this whole area is just to me, it's just fascinating. I, I can't recommend enough grabbing some of uh, Frank's books from uh, Amazon.com. Uh, there's Thank some li- little mini books there for like, you know, a dollar a piece. And if you really want to get into it, there's the full print book is about 10, 10, 11 dollars. I can't remember. Um, but of course, the more paranoid people would advise that you find a secondhand copy and pay cash. <laughs> <laughs> FrankAhern.com is the website to check it all out at uh, Frank, A-H-E-A-R-N.com. Frank, thank you so much for talking to us today on Talk- Tech Radio. Take care, man. Have a great day. And that's it for our tech radio show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Don't disappear now. Do come back next week. Remember, you can get hourly updates on tech news along with daily newsletters from techcentral.ie as well as our weekly tech radio show online and every Friday at 6 p.m. on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Next week, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, thanks so much for listening. Take care. Get tech radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at Tech Central.ie. Tech Radio is produced by DigitalAudioProductions.com. Tech.
Ciao.